Welcome to Locked On Kentucky, your daily Kentucky podcast on the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm Curtis Birch, host and producer on News Radio 630 WLAP, the home of the Cats, right here in Lexington. And I'm Kyle Tucker of The Athletic, and together, Curtis and I are here every day, Monday through Friday, talking the Cats. If it is a big deal to the Big Blue Nation, you can hear us right here talking about it on the Locked On Podcast Network. This edition of the show is brought to you by La Rosa's. We'll tell you a little bit more about them in a bit. We are going to talk about John Calipari's press conference from today, what Quade Green and P.J. Washington had to say. Then we are going to discuss a football transfer, and finally we'll wrap up by actually sharing some of that audio from John Calipari. Uh, Kyle, did you know that Monmouth is the best 0-7 team in the history of college <laughs> basketball? <laughs> yeah, Cal asked about the winless team they're going to play Wednesday night, and he said, well, you say winless, and then tried to redefine <laughs> what what records mean. <laughs> but they are, in fact, winless. Uh, they played some people close, apparently, until they didn't. Uh, <laughs> they suck. So we can move on from that. Yeah, um, let's, uh, let's get into what he was talking, uh, talking about mostly today, and obviously that's defense. That's still... The biggest issue for Kentucky to this point in the season. And, Kyle, what were your kind of takeaways from the his talk about defense? Yeah, and I actually have a, a thing I've been working on for a couple days, few days, I guess, um, about Kentucky's defense. Um, specifically broke down all, all 32 of the made three-pointers combined between VMI and Winthrop in back-to-back games last week. Um, there were, were several uh, interesting things in that. Uh, I believe uh, 19 of those came on screens or were set up by screens. Uh, Kentucky's had a bunch of a problem with that, deciding uh, you know who's going with who, whether or not they're switching, um, whether to go over or under, depending on if it's a, a, a shooting threat. Um, both VMI and Winthrop went four and five out, kind of spread Kentucky, and then had big guys that could shoot. Uh, Winthrop had a big man that kept kind of trailing down the floor, and he would just stop at the top of the key and pop because whoever was on him was sagging down in the lane. Mm-hmm. Uh, VMI took a different approach with their big man that could shoot. They were picking popping, and and every just about every time it was a dribble handoff into a screen, and and both defenders would go to the same uh, guy, the ball handler, and leave the big guy wide open. Uh, I think eleven of the made uh, threes of those thirty-two were made by big men, like. The, the four or five man for the opponent. Um, several of those plays were issues with the big guys for Kentucky not being able to defend, either uh, sagging back and, and not being on their guy, getting switched onto a smaller guard and not being able to stay with them, uh, or making you know some kind of other mistake defensively. All of all four of the Kentucky big men were involved either in a mismatch or a mistake, seven apiece. All all four of those guys had wow uh, seven apiece. So. There's a bunch of issues, and Calipari talked about, you know, these are guys who in high school weren't, you know, they said when they wrote stories about them in high school, did they write about their defense? No. Uh, it was all about how many points they scored. And so now they come to me, and I only have them for a short period of time, and you got to teach them. Uh, I think also notably he admitted that, like uh, like so many of us, he became enamored of this team in the yeah, Bahamas. And I, and and I, just, I just, I almost want to stop the press conference when he keeps saying this, because he said, multiple times i'm not intoxicated 
Right. He, he was he was on like a. I think he was trying to convince himself. Of I that. guess that's what it was, but it's just so ironic that he was like, "Yeah, I bought into the hype." When if you go, let's check the tape, let's check yeah. the video. He was actually staying there, sitting there, saying, "I'm not buying this. I'm not intoxicated by this. I know we got a lot to do." And now he's admitting, "I was just lying to y'all." Yeah, but I think I think those words were, "I'm not intoxicated," but the but the. Reality was the other things we saw him say and do indicated he was sw- in full swaggy cow mode. Like yeah. you knew he thought you could tell he thought he had something special. Yeah, yeah. And, and I, you know, he's admitted now a, f- a few times like he was wrong about this team. Like all of us were, and he had a better, he should have had a better idea than the outside, uh, the public. But you know, he thought this was going to be one of his best defensive teams, and, and it so far has not been. So. um you know, it's a little surprising. Uh, it seems to to be surprising to him. Yeah, it does. Um, but I also, it's also not all like a bunch of stuff they just can't fix. Uh, a lot of this, the 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 screening, you know, dealing with screens yeah, yeah. is communication. You know, these guys aren't talking to each other. They're not they're not saying I'm taking this guy, you take that guy. When he talk, he's talked a lot about helping the helper, which can sound like so much basketball jargon. Jargon, but the the, the gist of it is. A guy drives somebody who that's not his man helps, you know, slides over to help stop that driver. Right now, his guy's open. Yeah. So you somebody else has got to help the helper and slide out. If the if the the guy he's leaving is a shooter, somebody else has got to slide over there and take his guy, and so on and so forth. Um, you're basically being alert and aware and not ball watching. And and I think a lot of young players get caught doing that. They're just you hands down not talking and turn around there's a few instances as i break down I have this story going up on the athletic i think it'll probably be in the morning i break down all 32 of those plays in detail there were some where it's like guy drives two guys help leave their guy there's a there's a guy wide open in one corner a guy wide open in another corner and two other guys are just standing there watching all those things i think are things that are really related to youth and inexperience and and just continuity even with a guy like Reed Travis, a senior, he's still new to playing with these guys. They've all got to learn how to talk and communicate. Um, and the idea of of Kentucky's defense is really uh, a sum of the parts. It's not any you know one guy. You've got to play as sort of this uh, one heartbeat, I guess you'd say. Defensively, it's a it's a group effort. And, and when you have a, one or two pieces that don't know what's going on and can't talk to the others, it all falls apart pretty quickly. One team, one heartbeat. Head or drawn. Yeah, and you know, th- there's a lot of things going on. I mean, Calipari talked about pride a lot today on one-on-one situations, and Keldon Johnson mentioned that as well after the game, how he's trying to learn that you can't guard a college player like you did a high school player. Right. You're not able to get up in a guy that can play college basketball because he'll just go around you. And you yep. know you're seeing that at times, specifically with him, who and he came in with such a, you know, a big defensive reputation, and he hasn't lived up to it. He's the guys have been getting around him pretty consistently against these lower level teams, and I, that was kind of surprising when you see it. But when you hear about him talk, when you hear him talk about it after the game and why it's happening, it makes a little bit of sense. P.J. Washington also basically said today that Calipari, and this kind of fits the puzzle piece that. Calipari was saying when he was discussing how, you know, he put some things ahead of some other things. PJ Washington said that they were working on some team defensive concepts 
and they hadn't worked on man-to-man concepts enough. And so, obviously, if you're getting broken down man-to-man, then you're going to falter in the team defense. Yeah, and they're ta- they've talked a lot, you know, as I broke down those 32 three-pointers uh, for VMI and Winthrop, 13 of those were initiated by dribble penetration. Mm-hmm. Like, like it's not just you're not guarding your man. It's, a, it's once when you get beat off the dribble, then it creates stress and, and other people start doing not their job, you know, yeah. uh, breaking down, watching the ball, or, or leaving their man and leaving guys in corners. And then the other thing was then the most recent game, uh, Tennessee State, that's a team that came in averaging 12 makes and, and 32 three-point attempts per game, and they only took 16 and made six. They made, a, they, they made and took exactly half their averages on the season. And why? And Calipari said, well, they probably watched the tape and decided let's just drive it on them. And that's exactly what happened. They had over half their points in that game were on 16 dunks and layups because they were getting to the bucket on Kentucky. So there's two ways you can attack them. You either beat them to the bucket and get layups, or if you don't, you drive and they collapse and leave guys open and you kick it out and you make threes. Um, now, you could you could argue that maybe Kentucky helped take away some of the threes in that game, but then they didn't stop the drivers. You know, yeah. then they So they've got to... As much as I've talked about screens and communication, handling ball screens, they've also just got to learn to stay in front of drivers. And if you can't stay in front of Winthrop and VMI and TSU, you're not going to stay in front of Auburn and Tennessee and and all these other people. Um, You know, Cal said today, we're not staying in front of people because we don't stay down in a stance. These guys stand up. They're not ready to move. They're not, you know, he says, we don't stay in a stance, we don't bounce. And what he wants them to do is be on their toes and be down in the stance and be ready to, you know, bouncing around, ready to have hands up. They've got hands down. I asked him, I said, do you stop the tape uh, and show these guys all the times that their hands are down at their side when they're the guy with the balls in front of them? He said, no, we stop it when their hands are up and, and say, oh, look, there's one, because it's easier to count the, the very few times they've actually had hands up uh, defensively. Um, and, I, that, you know, here, here we are. That's the point of this. What's wrong with the defense? What do we list? Seven things? Yeah. I mean, it, it's a bunch of stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think a lot of it kind of goes hand in hand, and I think most of it is just stuff that's going to have to be drilled into them over time. Camp Cal's going to be a nightmarish hellscape for these guys, and they're going to probably have that beaten into their heads. I bet they don't do it. I, I wouldn't be shocked if Cal comes out and says, we didn't do anything offensively in the Camp old, Cal. The old no basketball practice. Yeah. They don't even have a ball to roll out, and I don't know why this came to my mind, but they need to be listening to R. Kelly's remix to Ignition, where they can just say, <laughs> bounce, 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 bounce. Um, all right, yeah. As or I Cal's going to pee on them. What? <laughs> oh, okay. Ar- 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 Kelly. Yes. All right. Yeah. Sorry. Do we get Allegedly. Allegedly. We have to say allegedly for legal purposes. Right. Cal's allegedly so, going to pee on them. Um, if they don't bounce. Anyway, we're gonna we're gonna move on, and at the end of the podcast, we'll share some of Calipari's comments and some comments from PJ Washington as well. But coming up next, we need to discuss a football transfer. Right now, it is time to take a break and talk a little bit about La Rosa's Family Pizzeria, which is coming to Lexington right across the street from Skyline Chili on Richmond Road in February of 2019. La Rosa's is a Cincinnati thing, just like Skyline. It was started by a guy named Buddy La Rosa, who talked a bunch of friends into throwing a few hundred bucks in a piece and opened the first pizzeria on Cincinnati's west side in 1954. 
La Rosa's now has 64 pizzerias, and the nearest one is right up the road in Dry Ridge. The thing Buddy La Rosa brought to the new pizzeria in 1954 were his family's recipes, his Aunt Dini's pizza sauce, his Grandma Mary's pasta sauce, and other recipes that came over from Sicily with his family. And it sounds kind of corny, but here it is nearly 65 years later, and they're still using those same La Rosa family recipes. As good as La Rosa's pizza is, other things that makes La Rosa's different is the fact that they have a menu that goes on forever. Over 40 selections, and it all can be ordered for pickup or delivery. Or, you can just go in there and check out their awesome dining rooms. I love to meet my family at the Dry Ridge location when I'm visiting Northern Kentucky. Get ready, Lexington. La Rosa's is coming in February, and until then, check out their other locations. This is Locked On Kentucky. Your team every day. Well, I guess uh, I'll just read the tweet. (laughs) (laughs) See see if the listeners can figure out what this is about if they haven't already seen it. Cyberdin? Cyberdyne. Cyberdyne system. Prototype 2000. Status. Rebooting. Dot, dot, dot. First, I would like to thank all of the BBN that believed in me and supported me. I would also like to thank my teammates, who I have grown to love over these last two seasons. After thinking and praying about this for months, I have decided I will be furthering my education and football career at a different school in 2019. I have a lot to offer a team that I want to play for, a school, and I want to play for a school that fits my style of play. Thanks for everyone. Thanks to everyone for your support. Love you, BBN. That is Danny Clark. Transferring uh, with a Terminator reference. Is that what that is? Uh, yeah, yeah. Cyberdyne Systems prototype. He, I guess he's trying to say he's a Terminator and a prototypical quarterback. So okay, or something. And he's rebooting because he's starting over. Prototype two thousand. The most uh, uh, unsurprising transfer of the Mark Stoops era, probably. I mean, mm, his dad right up there. His dad had basically said. And <laughs> essentially come out right out and said during the season they were going to transfer. I, I imagine Gunnar Hoke is next. The the only real question is will he wait until after the bowl game? Um, because it is a bit problematic for Kentucky if they go into the bowl game without him, uh, without him and Danny Clark. Um, because, you know. They do have a walk-on. They, they, they have and, a quarterback uh, who runs a lot and could get hurt. And Walker Wood. So those, if Gunnar Hoke does potentially transfer for before the bowl, that would be very, uh, very, very thin position uh, going into that game. And, you know, that isn't a situation you want to be in. But I understand. It's pretty obvious why Danny Clark wants to transfer. The, he said it right there in his message. He wants to run a system that he's comfortable with, and he's not – He's not Terry Wilson. He's not one of these kind of spread guys. He's more of a more of a pro style guy. He can throw the ball through a brick wall, um, but he's not fairly accurate. He, and they were, I guess, they probably were going to use him as a battering ram, maybe some this season. Um, but then when he gets his chance in that game, he fumbles it. <laughs> Luckily, he recovers it. Or actually, I guess he was marked down. But either way, you know that kind of put the Knicks on that almost. And you didn't see him the rest of the season. He did score a touchdown, so you know he's got a touchdown for his Kentucky career and one of the blowout wins. Uh, yeah, not surprising. And then spinning it forward, if Gunnar Hoke does transfer, that is kind of a concern for Kentucky because they'll go into next season with Walker Wood as the only returning backup behind Terry Wilson. Who and, may or may not have any like fully intact limbs at this yeah, point. I mean, I mean, he's had shoulders and knees and all kinds of injuries. He was an electric player in high school, Walker Wood, but he's a little guy yeah. who's had a bunch of surgeries. 
uh, and that's a precarious situation if that's your your really your only scholarship backup because well, they have another one coming in who's just torn his ACL. So they'll have one. They have two quarterbacks coming in. One. Uh, tore his ACL just a Nick few Scalzo weeks ago. tore his ACL last week in his state playoffs. He had surgery on Thursday, and when I was talking to him, he said it. That's at least it's four to six months, but obviously, you'll probably a little bit more than that. So, in theory, if you're looking at it, he's probably going to redshirt. You're not going to rush a quarterback, specifically a freshman, into that situation. So he wouldn't be available right off the bat, most likely. Amani Gilmore is the six foot one and a half inch pro style quarterback from Louisiana. He had an offer from Tennessee. He's a three star guy. I mean, you know, I obviously haven't seen any tape of him outside of a couple highlights, but he doesn't appear to be a guy who's ready to come in and play in the SEC right away. So next season, if as we expect, Gunnar Hoke decides to go elsewhere, Kentucky's going to be Terry Wilson or bust at the quarterback position. Yeah, and again, scary. and again, it's a it's a quarterback who's going to run the ball. You know, he ran for over 500 yards this year. It's a big part of his game. It's a huge part of his game that you can't take away. Uh, maybe you don't have many design runs, and you just have to you just let him scramble it from time to time and try to be smart about it. But it's worrisome. And you know, we were talking before we started the podcast. I don't think you can go out and like get a grad transfer. I mean, not a grad transfer. Well, either not a grad transfer or a JUCO transfer because Terry Wilson is in the way. And then those guys, those are the guys you go get when you need somebody to play right away. Uh, and they're not going to come here and wait. Maybe you could get a, a JUCO kid who played one season and was a freshman, yeah. and you say we're going to redshirt you while Terry's here, and but. And put some distance between you, but I mean, Terry Wilson's still got two years of eligibility, yeah. and I don't think he's currently sitting on anybody's draft board. So um, I don't know. I don't know where they turn. I, I don't. You know, <laughs> I think they're going to just have to ride with what they got, and maybe the the break glass in case of emergency thing is is Lynn Bowden I slash. Think, well, for the bowl game specifically, if you're if you're if Hoke decides to to move on, and you're just Walker Wood. Uh, as your backup, there I think you would lean on the Wildcat formation a both ton. Both Benny and Lynn. Yeah, yeah. yeah. In, in, in both of those situations, just break out the Matt Roark playbook. Yeah, you know, and Lynn played high school quarterback. He can yeah. throw the ball a little bit. We haven't really seen through a pick the other day. We haven't seen him do a lot of that, but I think he'd have to be your emergency guy. Yeah. You know, and like, I don't know, you, next year if you got guys like Wandale Robinson and Lynn Bowden and, you know, whoever else – Maybe you just—that's your sort of emergency plan. Well, I mean, go go run, go run a triple option or something. I don't know. <laughs> People have said they wanted that before. That changed the whole offense up. Yeah, and the other thing of note is Mark Stoops, as you would expect, is out hitting the recruiting trail really hard, specifically in the city of Louisville. I guess he spent almost all day yesterday in the city. I saw—I can't even count. Uh, maybe on one hand, there was a bunch of guys that were tweeting out pictures with the whole staff, either getting offers or you know guys that had committed out of the city of Louisville to Kentucky. You know, just saying, nice that the fam the fam dropped in, as the kids say. Uh, so he's he's hitting it hard, and obviously you want to when you just put a, a beat down on the school that's in that city. Well, it's it's both striking while the iron is hot because you're you know you've got something to be proud of there in town. Also, a preemptive strike. Because somebody is coming in to hit the ground running and probably a pretty formidable opponent when they hire their new coach. 
at Louisville, and that coach is going to be up against the early signing period. You've got a head start. You've got a chance to um, really lock down guys you've already got committed, um, try to make headway on some other guys you're after, because if it's Jeff Brom, you know, and and he's in here a week from now, um, he's going to try to turn some of those guys. You know, yeah. Wandell Robinson is a guy and other, other targets there in Louisville. He's going to try to own the city of Louisville in recruiting, and I think he'll do a pretty good job of it. Um, so Kentucky is both striking while the iron is hot and also launching a preemptive strike, I'm sure, on the the what they anticipate to be the, the new Louisville staff. Yeah, and we'll be talking a lot more about the early signing period with Kentucky football in the upcoming weeks. Coming up next, we are going to share some of that audio from John Calipari and P.J. Washington. We are going to sign off from our mobile studio, a.k.a. Kyle's Car, sitting outside the Qdoba after we just finished up the John <laughs> Joe Craft Center. Yep. <laughs> yep. Uh, so uh, stay tuned. You're going to hear some John Calipari in just a bit. You don't want to watch the game. You need to watch the game. And I've been telling you guys about Sling TV for a long time. Listen, I got it, and here's why you should get Sling TV too. Are you sick of paying for 20 channels you never use because you just want to see some of the games? Sling TV is the best way to watch all kinds of sports. College football, college basketball, NBA basketball, NHL if you're into that, all that stuff. 30 bucks a month gets you ESPN, Pac-12 Network, SEC Network, and more. Stream on your big screen and all your favorite devices. Sling TV gives you the live TV you love, only better. No useless channels, no long-term contracts, no hidden fees, and as I always mention, you can upgrade or downgrade your package depending on what you're viewing at that time. Plus, you can cancel at any time. Right now, Locked On listeners can get a seven-day free trial by going to sling.com slash locked on. That's sling.com slash locked on. It's a free trial. you got nothing to lose. This is Locked On Kentucky, your team every day. Let's jump into some John Calipari comments. Thought we'd share with you. First one is I asked John Calipari about the NET rating, the net ratings that came out from the NCAA yesterday. We discussed them on the podcast. And to be honest, he was a little dismissive. Too early. Uh, Somebody told me there was a team that was five or eight that they're like, what? It's too early. Don't care. He was very short with that answer, and I guess that kind of tells you what he thinks about them at this point. I tend to agree. As we said yesterday, it is a little early to be talking about those at any implication, but you know, the NCAA put him out there, and I was kind of wanting him to maybe do a little bit more on what he thought about the rankings overall and the system to get to him, but he didn't want to go into that. Obviously, recruiting has been a main topic of conversation, and John Calipari told a story today about a story he told to a recruit and then something happened. See, what happens when you get older, you repeat yourself. And let me give you one story. So I go in, I go in and I'm recruiting, and we had gone in like two or three homes, and I go into the home, and there's a story I like to tell that kind of pr- makes a point of how we do this. That's a funny story, and I told the story early. And... And they laughed, and it was really good, and we got going, and it went a little longer than I thought, so. And then, by accident, I told the story again. <laughs> and they laughed, and we walked out, and, and I can't remember who was with me, but they said, you know, you told the story twice. And I go, you're kidding me. <laughs> no, you did it twice. And I called the mom, and I apologized, and I said, why didn't you stop me? She said, it was pretty funny. I liked hearing it again. <laughs> 
can't remember. We probably, like many, we probably lost them. Curious to see if maybe rival recruiters snatch up this audio. Shout out Penny Hardaway if you're listening. Hey, Coach K, how you doing? We all know Coach K listens. Um, and maybe try to get the, the old uh, John Calipari losing his edge. Can't remember what stories he's told. I think that was obviously just a slip of the tongue. And as uh, if you want to check out the full video, you can go to BigBlueInsider.com or my timeline, and you'll see that Kyle Tucker was joking with John Calipari about the fact that he often retells stories to us in the media as well, or at least tells a story to us in the media room and then goes out and tells it to his radio audience. Uh, Finally, we'll wrap with uh, John Calipari talking about the fact that he... It never is easy here at Kentucky. The, the question I have, is there ever going to be an easy year for me? Like just one year be a team that I can just sit there and like ride. I mean, every year is a grind and sometimes I forget. But um, yesterday, this, this is a great group of young people. And yesterday they were, they're going to do what we ask them to do. So be right. And then hold them accountable. And I, you know, put my head in the sand or whatever you want to say. And I always say, don't, don't get mad at these kids. They made a commitment to come here and play for us and play here in the hardest place it is to play basketball. Everybody, I can't wait to play the every game. We're going to kill the. I mean, well, you don't play us for three months. I mean, that's every game. And they chose to come here under this spotlight to be coached and be challenged and know you're here to get better. As an individual player, you're here to learn about being a better teammate. You're here to learn about what the better angels within you look like. You're here for all that. It's hard. We're not just saying play loose and play and we're going to be better. And they chose to come here. And that's why I tell our fans, don't get on these kids. If you want to be mad, be mad at me. They're going to do what I ask them to do or what I accept that they're doing. As always, an entertaining conversation with John Calipari during his press conference. The the better angels in you is kind of an interesting new phrasing that I can't remember him using before, but you got to find the angels and demons within, and it's always a battle internally. So there you go. As I mentioned, you can check out the full, full media availability with John Calipari. Uh, on my timeline next, we are quickly going to jump into some conver- a quick conversation with P.J. Washington because I had a question uh, based off something John Calipari had said on his coach's show. He also mentioned on his coach's show last night that you know he wants all the hate directed towards him, and you know you you probably heard that last year as well. Do you guys see you know much of that maybe on social media or things where people are calling you out and questioning? All the time, people DM us, comment our pictures. I'm really used to it. How do you deal with that? I mean, I'm sure it's a pretty high number. You got to ignore it. I mean, not really. I mean, if you responded to it, you just letting them win. So I just ignore it and just keep on doing my thing. Is it just a instant delete when you see something negative in it? No, I'll just leave it there. I just keep going. On by my day. Listen, everybody, stay out of players' DMs. Stay out of players' mentions. Stay out of commenting on players' pictures unless it's thumbs up emoji, awesome picture. You guys are great. It, you're not you're not accomplishing anything. If you're frustrated, that's fine. Be frustrated. Come and yell at me. You can at me at Curtis Birch and say this team is terrible. They can't play defense. John Calipari's trash. La da 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 da. That's fine. I can take it. This it, it's, it's hitting. PJ Washington up in a DM. What are you doing, man? 
Why would you do that? Why would you do that? That is foolishness. And your social media should be taken away. Okay, thank you guys for listening to this edition of Locked On Kentucky. A couple quick things I want to get out there. One, we are now accepting new advertisers. So if you're interested in getting in on this train, shoot us an email, lockedonkentucky at gmail.com. Right now, we got some special holiday pricing. And if you hit us up in that email, we'll give you some more information. And if you're more comfortable, you can also DM me, not PJ Washington, um, at LockedOnUK. That's our Twitter account. We can also correspond there. Or you can just find me on any social medias. And we'll give you the information uh, you need to be a part of this podcast. Also, I'm going to start a new contest today. I didn't tell anybody else I was going to do this, and I just made it up right now. As I mentioned on the last podcast, I would like some more rankings and reviews in our podcast feed. So what I'm going to need you to do is this. One, go rate and review this podcast. Take a screenshot of that. Tweet it at LockedOnUK. Also tag me at Curtis Birch, B-U-R-C-H. Be following both those accounts. And then, boom, you're going to be entered in to win some championship memorabilia that I have from the 2012 title team. Do that and get in there. Get in on that. Get the five stars. Give a cool review. The funnier, the better. Let's have some fun with this. Give us some positive reviews. Be sure to be calling Kyle the wrong name. That always entertains me. And that's the most important thing in my estimation is me being entertained. Uh, yeah, so we'll be announcing that sometime next week. It'll be a random drawing from everybody who enters. So if you've already commented, just take a screenshot of your comment and then send it and you'll be entered as well. And as always, thank you so much for listening. Please subscribe and then also share it with somebody else who would enjoy this podcast or who is interested in being entered to win a piece of championship memorabilia. And it will help grow this show and then we'll create a little bit of a community. I'm not going to lie to you guys. We are currently in kind of a competition with Locked On Tennessee and they've been beating us the last couple weeks in listen. So we at Locked On Kentucky need to get back on top and only you can help us do that. So be sure to be sharing this. Thank you so much for listening. We will talk to you soon. You are Locked On Kentucky. Available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or tell Alexa or Google to play podcasts locked on. Don't worry, I won't finish. You get the idea. Drive like a bat out of hell to take care. <laughs> <laughs> Rolling on two wheels. Uh, Oops. Yeah. Oh. Blame that on you if there's any. There's not. It's cute of metal. It's cheap. <laughs> <laughs> it's made of cheese. <laughs> See ya.